and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. People are always complimenting on my photos and they ask me, who is your photographer? And I tell them I don't have a photographer. I have access to the best photographers. That's the main reason why today's episode is brought to you by Verve Portraits. Let me share my experience with Verve. They genuinely want to know all about you. They are curious about your why, your purpose, to establish the right elements for a memorable experience. Verve really know how to capture your story and bring it to life that creates emotional connection. They carefully select the best photographers from around the world and their mission is to create unforgettable experiences that will be celebrated for a lifetime. So I highly recommend that you check them out and prepare yourself for your own unforgettable experience. It's now time to head over to verveportraits.com.au forward slash Catherine where you receive a discount as a special gift for our listeners. This week, we have a super amazing guest for you, Anne Berubet. I have to say it in a French accent. At the age of 23, Anne's life was interrupted by a near fatal car accident and a mystical experience. Trapped in the car, unable to breathe, she had a vision that forever realigned her life's trajectory. Even after this dramatic experience, there was still much work to be done. Subsequent years were marked by chronic pain, emotional distress and unease. Her journey of introspection and personal transformation would lead to profound insights around self-healing, happiness and inner peace. Now living her purpose every day, Anne is a powerful teacher with an uncommon ability to share her story and insights in a way that awakens the inner wisdom in others. Her accident ignited a passion for sharing her experience and knowledge and she has made it her life's purpose to help individuals remember the happiness within them. Anne's book, Be, Feel, Think, Do, was published by Hay House in May 2017. Through her own workshop called The Happy Sessions, she has refined the process of Be, Feel, Think, Do and has helped thousands of individuals discover an inner freedom and a connection to their own unique source of sustainable health. 
and happiness. Her work has also allowed her to share the stage with many of her heroes, including best-selling authors Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Anita Morjani, and Gabrielle Bernstein, just to name a few. It's now time to bear your soul and follow this beautiful beam of light. And Berube, enjoy. So today we have another super amazing special guest for you all the way from Canada. And I'm going to say this in French because we're actually having a bit of a conversation in French. It's Anne Berube. Berube. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I did it right. So, <laughs> and the, I was just explaining to Anne that it is seven o'clock in the morning for her. So, thank you so very much for getting up so early for coming on the show. But really, really excited to have you on the show. So happy to be here, Catherine. Mm. So, what we do, Anne, is we love to start with our woman of inspiration, always love to unpack your story. So, what's your unique story and how did you get to where you are today? Mm, wow. So, about 17 years ago, Catherine, I was in a car accident. Um, I was very young. I was just 23. And um, I I was coming back from golfing with some friends and the driver of the car took a left turn into oncoming traffic and a half-ton truck hit our car. And on the impact, I was the one that was injured the most. I My liver lacerated in half and my lungs partially collapsed. And I was unconscious um, for a very long time. It felt like a very long time, but it probably wasn't that long. But what happened in that moment, Catherine, kind of redirected the course of my life because I I experienced my life like a movie in front of my mind's eyes. I experienced the life that I was here to live, but not the one that I was living. I was, now I know, heading down the wrong path. What I mean by that, I mean, I don't think there's any wrong or right path for anyone, but I could tell that I was making decisions that were completely misaligned, misaligned with this incredible love and uh, feeling of peace and connection that I experienced that night in the car accident. And when I woke up the next morning in the hospital, I promised myself I would I would change my ways. I would um, see if there was a way for me to live like that, this experience that I felt. Because the, the what I saw was one thing, but what I felt never left me, Catherine. It always stayed with me inside my, my chest, my heart, this, this deep, deep, deep feeling of peace and of love and of a real connection, an authentic connection with myself and with people around me. And it was about... Five years later that I found myself in a in a women in leadership course, and I always say that I was tricked to go into that course. Um, at the time, I was um, I was doing my PhD, uh, and I was um, I was kind of still going on this track of you know type A driven, uh, trying to uh, find my my place in the world, but maybe not in the way that that I know now how to. <laughs> and my mother-in-law at the time, she, well, she's still my mother-in-law. She said, um, and I think you could use this course because I also had been living with pain. I've been living with, um, chronic pain for two years, um, in my sinuses. 
Um, and I'm sure some of your listeners could relate to that. Um, you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think about is, wow, I'm still, I'm still in pain. And the day goes by and you go to bed at night and there's the pain. It's the first thing you think about and the last thing you think about in your day. And it is every single day for two years. And my son was one, one year old and the pain just got worse when I, and I talk about that in the book, it's when I he was born, I cracked open, my heart just cracked open and I felt this unconditional love that I experienced in the car accident that night. And my pain just got worse after that. I mean, our children are, are incredible teachers and they, they kind of show us where, where the next step is eh? and the, the next um, assignment, like uh you know, invitation, like Gabby Bernstein would say. Mm. And, and so I accepted the invitation to go to this course, Women in Leadership, because I thought, well, that's perfect. One day I'll graduate from my PhD. I'll probably be, be professor and I'd love to be head of department or something. I was pretty bossy and I thought leadership is perfect for me. <laughs> but I sat in that course, Catherine, and the kind of leadership this woman, the teacher was talking about was a very different kind of leadership. It was coming from within and it was connected to intuition and connected to our feelings and our emotions and breath. Deep, deep breath was the key to this this awakening of this leadership and I look around the circle and these women there they are they're crying and they're 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 sharing authentically and my intellect was so annoyed <laughs> I was so frustrated the pain in my head got worse I didn't understand why I was there what was going on this is not what I signed up for I was waiting for her the teacher to take a break and so I could just go to the washroom and not come back. I did not want to be there. And she never took a break in her talking. And she looked at me and she said, are you okay? She could tell the pressure in my body was really intense. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> she said, and, and I invite you to take a deep, deep breath. And Catherine, my heart was saying, please do. You need this. Take that deep breath. And my intellect was like, no, do not take that breath. You do not know what's on the other side of that deep breath. You might lose control. Well, I listened to my heart and I took that deep counter instinctual breath. And the next thing I know, I'm the one in this mess of snot and tears and the sounds that are coming out of my mouth it was this huge emotional release in front of strangers and the teacher even came over and she put her hand on my back and she said you know this is what it looks like when someone has held 27 years of emotional baggage and when my body settled after this what I call this wave of transformation that moved right through my body was I felt this incredible peace and my pain was gone and to this day Catherine it hasn't come back and you know I talk about it in the book I didn't think I'd be living without that pain because it, it was so intense and it had been there for so long and I realize now I look back and I know that that's the day I met myself. That's the day I came home. That's the day that I realized that my body is a bioprocessor of energy and information. And when I let it do its job, when I connect with it, when I love it, when I um, am aware of how it communicates with me, I am 
I, I found gold. I am able to, to be healthy. I'm able to connect with my soul. I'm able to um, connect with my medicine, why I came here, um, my gifts, my talents. And it has completely changed my life. And so that was 13 years ago. And that's kind of where the title of the book came from. Be, feel, think, do. Yeah. Wow. That's and- in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I love that. It's, you know, as I'm, I'm listening to you, it's interesting how many women we've had on the show that have had massive, profound transformation through and some form of initiation, whether it's been a death, a near death or coma, whatever that may be, to then connect with what you speak about, connect to your your heart, your soul, love, universe. What about for our listeners that don't go through any form of initiations? How can they connect with that aspect of that, you know, the energy you speak about, the love, the that whole feeling, universe, whatever you want to call it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, I I, I know the accident happened. I didn't plan that, right? And of then course. even the, the course didn't really, I didn't plan that. That was unconscious. I, I say I was, you know, I was tricked it to go into that. So after that, I consciously wanted to grow, consciously wanted to heal and consciously wanted to evolve. And so what I recommend to, you know, to, to my clients, to the people who come to the workshops is that first connecting with our capacity to direct our attention somewhere else than in the clutter of our mind. So, you know, an easy thing would be to put your attention on your left hand, for example. And if you can just kind of bring your focus to your left hand and start to just imagine or feel the blood rushing through the veins in your hand. It's it's kind of a simple exercise, Catherine, but it is, if someone doesn't know how to go in and to feel the subtlety of the energy body, that's a really good way to start. It's just to start to feel the energy moving through the hand. Because I think that it's so abstract for many. And I know for me, there was so much intensity in my emotions that were stuck inside myself. And there was so much chatter in my mind that if someone had said, you just need to meditate, Anne, no way, I could not have done it. It was too busy. It was too, there was too much intensity. So validating that the subtle sensations that we feel in the body are important. They're so important because it's the gateway to hearing them even more subtle energy of our soul. The soul communicates through the tissue of the body. And then in, um, so increasing the breath is the second thing I would say is really important. So directing your attention somewhere else in your mind is the first one. So maybe to your hand, maybe to your heart space, maybe to your belly, or even the base of your spine. So I do a meditation when I, where I bring people deep, deep down, all the way to the base of the spine. Because when your attention is at the base of your spine, you are far away from the thoughts. And then that second part is increasing the breath. And, you know, I I lead these workshops uh, called the happy sessions. And I talk about breath the whole time. And at the beginning, people are like, yeah, I, I breathe. I'm alive. I breathe. But we don't realize how we don't breathe. 
we don't use the full capacity of our lungs. So if we can increase that um, that range, deepen the breath, slow the breath down, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And when I breathe out through the mouth, Catherine, I really drop my jaw. I allow everything in my throat chakra to really uh, soften and surrender and let go. And when I do those two things, I'm, I'm here. I'm here now. I'm home. I'm connected. And that's what I would say are the kind of the first, the first steps. <laughs> mm, sounds so easy. So when, so you're basically <laughs> saying wherever we feel an emotional block or a pain in our body, we, we bring attention to it. And then what are we giving it love, light? What are we actually then doing once we find our pain or wherever our block is? Yeah. So when it's pain, when it's full on pain, it means that it's been ignored for a long time. Because when something needs our attention, it first begins by a very subtle sensation. And that's the, that is the, the, the goal here is to become so familiar with our body and our chakra system that we can hear the message before it yells at us. So if we feel a discomfort or a pain, what we want to do is we want to bring our attention there. Attention is love. That's it. It's like, it's like the little child that hasn't been held and nurtured around this trauma. When you're looking at where the pain is, meaning you're bringing your inner gaze and you bring it towards that pain and you breathe deeply into that pain, you are loving yourself. You are loving that pain, which is the part of yourself that is hurt. Because under the physical pain, there is the emotional pain. And under the emotional pain, there's the spiritual pain. Mm, so talk us through that because I know there's we have spoken about we all have four bodies. So we have our physical body, emotional body, mental body, and spiritual body. So it's about are, are they does the pain sit on all four levels or do you need to work through all four levels to see where the pain is actually residing? Mm -hmm. So in Huna, which is the tradition, uh, the spiritual tradition of the ancient Hawaiians, and I studied quite a bit with a kahuna uh, in Kauai, and um, they talk about three, the three um, selves. So the higher self, the middle self, and the lower self. And the higher self is your spirit and your connection to source. The middle self is your mind and your intellect, and your lower self is your body, your unconscious. So it's similar to Jung, right? Like to uh, Carl Jung's um, um, superconscious, unconscious, and conscious, right? That's right. Yes. And so what the ancient Hawaiians believe is that the mind is not directly connected to the higher self. So we cannot know God. We cannot know spirit. We cannot know source through the intellect. But the body, the subconscious, is directly connected to our higher self, to our source. And that was huge for me growing up Catholic, right? When I really discovered that there's no real, tangible, authentic way I can know the universe and source by simply using my mind and my intellect. I have to experience God source universe through the instrument of my body mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that is that is that is a language that we practice it's like anything else the more we pay attention to those sensations to the impulse 
right? We, we all have, we talk about gut, you know, um, I have a gut feeling, um, you know, I have a little tightness in my heart. Like I feel like my heart is stirring a little bit. Like those things are so important to pay attention because they are the language of the soul, but we never paid attention to them. We never gave them the credit that they deserve because we were, um, we were brought up to our intellect very quickly as children because it wasn't fully safe emotionally to stay fully connected to the entire, entire being that we are. And Bruce Lipton talks about this, Catherine, in his book, Biology of Belief, where mm. um, the cells in the body can't be in protection mode and in growth mode at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. I say that if when we keep at bay, all the negative, you know, the emotions that we label as negative, and we're trying not to feel those. Unfortunately, we're also keeping at bay the joy and the peace that is available to us. We can't be selective that way. We can't say, I'm going to close myself off to some things and I'm going to open myself up to other things. We have to allow the body to process everything that's been. Um, that's been held, that's been, uh, I say, um, interrupted, because it's, everything is a movement. As, you know, as children, whatever, the, the spectrum of trauma is very, very wide. It can be from, you know, um, crossing the street when you're a little child and, and, and the ball is going across the street. So you're going across to get the ball and, and there's a car coming. So your, your dad just grabs your arms and yanks you out of traffic. And in that moment, um, the energy around the arm, the, the you know, the, the heart chakra has a response of, whoa, it's not safe. This is not a safe environment. So on the spectrum of trauma, that would be quite benign, but still. And then it goes all the way to all the abuse, you know, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, um, the, you know, the intense trauma. All that is registered in the body. And what happens is if the body is not allowed to process it, meaning allow the movement of that, of that energy to carry its course, then it will create a pattern in the body. And as adults, we come to a place where we know we are safe and we have to remind our bodies and our hearts that we are safe. When we increase the breath, we tell the body it's safe. And when we bring our attention to where we feel the sensation of, 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 of the pain, of the sadness, of, um, of the trauma, then we say, I love you. You are safe. I'm here. Now you can let go. You can release. And, you know, that was a, that was a multiple year process for me, Catherine. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, I, I know, I, I've, I know Anita Morjani very well and we worked a lot together and, you know, she, she came back from her near that experience and, and she was there and she never left that beautiful space. And, you know, and that is not what happened to me after the car accident. It's, it's been a journey of making that commitment every single day, waking up and saying, I'm so grateful I get to continue to, um, to discover this process and to expand today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. It's really interesting. So I'm I'm hearing what we need to do is get more in touch of with our emotions, our feelings in our body, not so much in our mind. Exactly, because the emotions in the mind are kind of on loop. They're connected to a story, right? Mm -hmm. And 
when we dwell on the emotions and, and, and we're up in our minds, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this, it doesn't feel like we're getting any kind of results. <laughs> we're not going anywhere with the emotion. When we connect with where the roots of the emotion are in the body, because they, they're, the origin of the emotion is in the tissue of the body, it's in the belly, it's in the heart space, it's in the solar plexus, it's in the shoulder, it's in the throat. When we go to where the roots of that emotion are, then we can let go of the story for a moment, we bring our attention and our breath there, and then we allow, we just, we give it love just by being present to it, and we breathe deeply. So I, I have a, a meditation that if, you know, we could share it with your viewers as well, a guided meditation to help with that, um, that perspective and that, um, that release approach that I use. Mm, I love it. That would be wonderful. So, and I'm just thinking like, how does one know which chakra your blocked emotions are? And what mm -hmm. about some of those, you're talking about those uh, traumas or things that happen as a child. So obviously through our development years, our imprinting phase, they're deeply rooted into us. They're unconscious. Therefore, we can't be conscious of them. So how do we find those, like where they're sitting, in what chakra? Yes, right. So off, when it's unconscious, so I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I woke up with a, a big headache, right? And I... I know now that when those headaches come, that there's something to be released. But I don't know what it is, Catherine. I, it's unconscious. It's subconscious. I could start to think about what that means, and it, I, it's not going to take me anywhere. So what I do is that I trust. I, I First of all, I let go of my to-do list for that morning. That's the first thing. I can't go into what I have planned to do, I have to surrender to what the universe has in store for me. And I will lead, I will let myself be guided. So, you know, for example, so a couple weeks ago, I, I said, okay, I'm just going to do one little thing on my calendar. And then I'm going to go back to bed and read a book. That's what I felt I wanted to do. But going on my computer, I saw a video of a friend of mine who um, was talking with a, um, a homeless person. And so he does a TV series. Uh, he helps the homeless. And in the way he was looking at the woman in the video, I could feel the tears in me rising. So when we feel the lump in the throat and the tears in us rising, even though we don't know why, we have to trust that. We have to trust that the body wants a release. It knows why, but you, your intellect doesn't need to know why. And so I sat back and I took those deep, deep breaths and I allowed the wave of energy to move through me. And then the lump in my throat got bigger. And then I allowed the tears to come. And I, you know, like I mentioned earlier in through the nose and out through the mouth and I let my body process whatever that was without having to know why. And on the other side of that process, I had an insight. So maybe 10, 15 minutes went by, I let myself process, and then I had an insight. So insights are, are different than thought. They arise from that new space that we've cleared. And I missed my father. 
in that moment. The way he looked at that woman was the way that I missed that look that my father would um would put on me, you know, his gaze on me, this loving gaze. And I had a memory. I remembered that when I was five, he had left. Um, he actually, we had left, my mom and, and, and my brother. And I've never actually shared this. This is going to be in the second book. <laughs> um, he, We had left for a year so I could learn English. And we moved to another province. And at that age, that's, that's formative the years, um, impressive, you know, those, those years where you, um, you make your inner world, you understand love and connection and identity based on your relationships and you really integrate that. And I missed him. I couldn't find that gaze for a whole year and asking for him. And when I had that memory and that insight, more tears came. So more wave, the impulse in my body started to move up. You could feel the heat. And so again, I just sat back and I uh, deepened my breath and I stayed connected. I kept my attention on the sensation of this movement in my body. I let go of the story. The story is very important to connect with the impulse in the body, but once we know where it lives, we let go of the story so we can get out of the mind and go into the field of the body. I hope that answered your question. Answers your yeah, question, Kathy. Yeah, absolutely. I was going on a as you were doing, I was going on a journey because when you were saying when you feel pain, um, what we tend to do is push through it and ignore it. You know, so I know for me, if I've got a headache. I'll push through it. But what you're saying is surrender. Don't don't look at your to-do list. What, what do you feel like you want to do, whether it's reading a book or going and lie down? You know, I, that's a completely different way of doing for me, that's for sure. So as you yeah. were saying that, I was actually thinking to myself, then how would I actually practice to surrender rather than get the things done that I need to do? Yes. Exactly, exactly. And it is counter instinctual. It feels like, well, I have so much to do today. If I could get that done, I will feel better. But everything, the universe, everything is saying the opposite. No, stop. Mm. And, and, and listen. And going back to bed, grabbing a book, and then you'll open the book at the right page, and something will pop up and you're like, Oh my goodness. And what if that morning you were supposed to create, you were supposed to write, you were supposed to paint, but you just were so in your head that you were, you, you, you thought you had to do all those things, but that wasn't the case. It's beautiful if we can trust it. But most of us, um, when we have the pain, the first thing is we're hard on ourselves. How is it that I have a headache? this morning what did I eat yesterday what you know um did I not sleep well enough am I not evolved enough I have all these tools why do I still have these do you know what I mean we get so hard on ourselves right away when it's actually so beautiful it's golden so it's not in the way it's the way we go towards it we go hey I see you I love you Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up this morning. I'm going to listen. Well, instead of making up excuses that I think this is a menopause headache, so I'm just <laughs> going to take some painkillers and I'll get through it. 
Yes, yes. And I mean, I've had experiences where I'll take a couple of Tylenols and the Tylenol makes it worse. I've had that happen oh. lately. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> this is not what it's about. Yes, yes. Yeah, and so it, it is, you know, I think um, when we get on this path and when we really commit to the spiritual path, which really is the only path where all spiritual beings, um, you know, having this human experience now, um, we it's a daily commitment. It's a daily rem- rem- remembering um, that it's, it's, it's not, it's not always going to feel, um, you know, it's not like we get to a place and we're like, Oh, I have arrived. I'm here now. I am spiritually evolved. No, it's, it's a, it's a journey and it's every day. It's this commitment and also saying, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be gentle with myself. And when things show up, I'm going to be honest and authentic and I'm going to, you know, um, stay really, really close to my own heart. Mm. So, and if somebody wanted to embark on a, a new path, what would be that number one piece of advice or or something that they could do straight away or apply straight away? Hmm. So um, I think, that, you know, visualization, so like a visual, a visualization, a, a guided meditation with visualization is really, really good for someone who uh, knows they want to get on the path, but they also have tried meditation, it didn't work, and they've tried different things and it doesn't work. Um, for me, uh, guided meditation was my way in, like to really, because I am so type A, I am so intellectual, that I it was hard for me to disconnect my mind for a bit um and so to have someone else guide me through a meditation and a visualization inside my body was really really good so I would say any kind of and I can also share a chakra meditation that I have like any kind of chakra meditation uh where uh the the person guides you into your body Mm. would be the, the first um the first step because then you get to explore and understand your own world it is so subjective and we always think that a spiritual journey or a shamanic journey or you know the spiritual path should look like this or should look like that like that person had that experience that's what I'm waiting for and that's that is that keeps us from really experiencing um amazing things because the way that source and our soul communicates to us is so subjective because it is through the instrument of our own body and we have to validate all those little experiences that happen even if it's a little a small one um and it feels insignificant it feels insignificant because we were taught to ignore it our whole childhood. And all these things that were natural to us, we were told they were bad, and then we, were, we, we learned to ignore them, and then we even um, began to think that they were crazy and that they were insane and that they were uh, wild and that they, if I followed those um, or if I gave them credit or I validate them and I pay attention to them, I'm not going to be able to fit in. And that's the subjective experience inside the body. And so having um, 
someone guide you through a visualization, uh, a guided meditation into your energy system, I, I think is um, it's really wonderful because you'll have your own experience of how your soul communicates with you. Mm, I love that. So speaking about pain, one of the things that we love to ask our women of inspiration is pain points. And pain mm. points could be any challenges that you stumble across, uh, whether it's in life or business. And, th- and then how do you then move forward f- uh, from that pain point? So what would be a pain point or some pain points that you deal with? So a, a little while ago, Catherine, I, um, I realized that I had this unconscious, still this unconscious need to please And I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to that, that the need to please, the make sure that everybody else is happy, um, was at the root of my exhaustion and my feeling disenchanted and my fatigue. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when loving people crossed over the line into making sure they were happy, I betrayed myself and I would betray my soul. And so... When I became aware of that, that was my pain point. And I actually said consciously, I want to let go of the need to please. That does not serve me anymore. It does not help me on my journey. I am done. And I said it out loud. So important to say it out loud because not only are you shouting it to the universe, I'm ready to let go of this, but your whole body hears you, right? The sound coming out of your voice is so important. Every cell in your body hears you. I let go. I surrender this. Well, as soon as I said it, Catherine, those things that were difficult to do before were so hard to do after. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, if you have a job that you're really knowing you don't like anymore and it's hard to go to work and you feel, you, you know, you have way more colds than you used to have and then you realize what it's about and you say, you know, you claim it, I'm going to let it go, I'm going to surrender and then you try to go back to that job and it's even, it's almost impossible because <laughs> you're already changing and your whole your whole body hurts you. Um, and so what I decided to do after that is I decided to really listen to my body and it needed an extended period of pause months. Mm -hmm. I stayed, I stayed with my body and I listened to the impulse and for months it said, no, don't do anything. Stop. Not this person, not this, not today, not this week, not this month until something shifted. And I know a lot, like, you know, a a few, many years ago, after the Women in Leadership uh, course, I had, I took nine months, I I stopped my PhD, and I, you know, even hired a babysitter a couple days a week to babysit my son so I could sit and just be and feel until... I knew something new would come out, like something something different, something would have changed. And so I sat with that, um, you know, with that space and until something started to change, something started to shift. But we, we haven't given ourselves that time and that space in so long. And it feels almost counterproductive, but it's the most productive thing we can do is to listen to the impulse in the body that says, you have to stop 
and you have to listen and you have to pause and you have to care for this body. You have to care for this heart. Um, and then what I realized is that when my body did say yes, though, when it had this, these, um, resounding yes impulses in the body where there were some people and some conversation and some events that I actually did want to engage that pleasing was actually still happening that people were pleased but I wasn't the director or the manager of it anymore <laughs> I wasn't responsible for people being pleased but pleased was still happening. And that was so incredibly freeing to have that experience, to see that when I don't betray my soul, when I don't go over that line, going from making sure, you know, loving them to making sure they're happy, when I stay very clear on that, then people are still pleased and I'm not responsible for it. But there's a lot less to do. There's a lot less to do and there's a lot less to say. And sometimes, you know, and I'm sure many of you, you our listeners can relate to, we stand alone on this path because we know what we don't want anymore. But the new hasn't come up yet, hasn't shown up yet. Or we know we don't want these relationships anymore, but our tribe hasn't shown up yet. But it's so important to stay in that in that space. And then eventually they do. They show up. They come. And what happens is you realize you don't have to betray your soul anymore to, to live this life and to be happy. And this is really interesting because when you think about the type of work you do, even the type of work that I do, and I'm sure for our listeners as well, in that field of development in some way shape or form or expansion as I'd like to call it there is that need to uh I know for me I don't I I, I get there's I don't have very good boundaries because I I actually say to myself my work is my love and therefore I never feel like I work a day in my life which is kind yeah. of dangerous because then you 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 kind of overextend yourself in work and there's not that that balance but what you're saying is to slow right down and not be so concerned about finding your tribe. But when you're feeling whole in self, your tribe will come to you. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I completely relate to what you're saying and what you're experiencing because that is exactly, that is what I was experiencing. And I'm still working on that, Catherine, is that um, in this work that we do, and we open up and we say, there can't be anything wrong with loving this much. This is my work, my life's work. But when we, when we cross over into depleting ourselves so that people do heal and feel loved and feel supported, that is when it's not healthy for us anymore. And then I know for me, it felt like I was not a good supporter, healer, guide, teacher if I didn't make sure that they got everything they needed. Mm. The thing is that the, the reason why this is happening is because there is a greater capacity for our work that is waiting for us. And to access that, we have to put that line in the sand. So when you're doing something that you actually 
you dreamt of being able to do it 10 years ago and now you're doing it and you're so grateful for it. But now when you're doing it, it's actually depleting you. It's actually taking energy from you. And you're actually, you might be even getting, you know, feeling resentful or, or there's a feeling inside that doesn't feel good. Even though it makes no sense to stop doing that thing to your intellect, you have to stop. You have to stop. You'll get the insights and the wisdom on the other side of that time that you stop. And you're like, ah, oh, that's why I had to stop. And I know for me it was difficult because like, this is what I do. This is my life. Mm. But mm. I had to take that break because somehow the way I was doing it and it had everything to do with this need to please because when as a child, when people were pleased, I was safe. When people needed me, I was safe and I knew who I was. Mm. So what happens when people don't need me anymore? Whoa, who am I? Who's that little girl before she was needed? That's the space. That is the space that we need to explore. Who am I before people needed me? And that is that can be scary because it feels like there's nothing there. But there is, there is, there is, there is. And so the patience and the time to stay and the love to stay with that, um, in that pause, even if it takes months. Mm, love this. I've got goosebumps. I can really relate to what you're saying. And it's, it's going about it in a completely different way, a completely opposite direction. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. And I think... I think, you know, a lot of your listeners and the people, you know, um, that we connect with, this is their life's work. This mm. is this is why we all are attracted to each other is because we want to serve and we want to help and we want to guide. We know in our hearts that this is it is, it, it's, is what we want to do. And so we're attracted to this tribe. And and so. But we all we all hit that wall at some point and we, you know, say, well, we're in paths and we feel so much. Yeah, but there's more to that. There's more to that. Mm, it's so true. I can I'm I'm always a how can I be of service and very much uh, empath in, in so many ways. I mean, I don't know if you're into astrology, but I've got triple water. I'm a Pisces. I've got a moon in Scorpio <laughs> and a moon ascended. So I don't know what boundaries are. So I can really relate to what you're saying. And it's something that's so tangible too. It's it's wonderful. So, and who's been, you've worked with amazing people. You've worked with Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra. You've had lots of amazing encounters. Who's been your greatest influence? Mm, well, I, I have to say that, you know, Wayne Dyer um, is, still is my greatest influence. Um, you know, in the last couple of years before he passed away, we became close friends and um, or produced quite a bit of events for him. And um, he he was that father gaze for me. So he was that look, you know, that mm. sees, um, you know, when when, you know, when, I don't know if you've met, have you met him in person before? No, I, I, I have never <laughs> met him in person, but I know all of his work. I love him. Yes. I know. And so, you know, there was something about Wayne when, when, when he, when you had his attention and it was often just for like a minute because then he would move on to something else. But when he, you had his attention, you felt so incredibly loved and seen. It was, it was magical. And I was lucky enough to spend 
um, a lot of time with him. Actually, two months before he passed away, I was on Maui with him for um, a week. And when he passed away, to lose that gaze, I see you, was so devastating. And and I talk about it in the book, actually, because when he passed away was the day I finished writing the book. So then when I when the bush the book was published, I had I in, I put a uh, afterward of my relationship and my friendship with him, and um, it was you know the grieving period was was very um, healing actually and revealing. And now to have this relationship, which I know countless people have with him the gift that he's given us that we have access to him from the other side now Mm -hmm. is just so tremendous and so his guidance has changed everything I I feel that that's another peak experience that his passing has has completely transformed um, my life and I know that it has transformed transformed a lot of people's life and um, you know Anita and I talked about him quite a bit and one of the things she says is that she felt she feels very strongly that his work was now going to be more important on the other side and in order for him to continue his mission that he had to pass away so that he could do his work even uh, more from the other side. That's correct. I remember as you're speaking about it, I've got goosebumps. Yeah. I just remember seeing photos in um, in Maui in Hawaii when he passed. I think that when they put the ashes in the water, you, it actually came up as a um, a like his face was in the water. Yes. I don't know if you saw it, but it yes. was, oh, my gosh, I still got that picture in my mind. It was yes. so amazing. And it yes. was just his way of saying I'm not – I'm just turning into, I'm not here physically, but I'm just transforming right now. Absolutely. And, you know, if someone feels connected to his work and has never met him but feel like they, they you know, they know him, then it's true. Like he would say the, 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 the only measure of truth is the experience of truth inside, inside yourself. If it feels true in you and you feel so connected to him, then it is true. You are connected to him and you can, you can ask for his guidance and he will show up. Um, it's, um, it's quite a gift, quite a gift. Mm. It's amazing, amazing. So, Anne, I could keep you on this uh, podcast for the whole day, but I know you've got better things to do. But as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So what would be that one word for you? So a one word that best describes Your personal brand, just you. One word that best describes you, that sums you up. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I want to say tree. Oh, I love that. <laughs> because I, when I, you know, when I go in and I really connect with myself, I feel, I feel grounded like a tree and I feel like I can, you know, solidly and confidently share, um, my you know my experience and my story with others um in the tree the tree just makes me feel um safe and wise and playful Mm, (laughs) as you said tree i I got the picture of the tree of life which was just beautiful (laughs) 
Yes, mm. yes. So the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration as we finalise or wrap up the show is to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Okay, so number one, don't underestimate your capacity to heal with your breath. Your breath is your number one tool. It is the fuel for the device, the body, the instrument to process everything that needs to be processed. So your breath is your number one tool. Second is get curious about your ability to direct your attention. So we talk a lot about intention, but until we can direct and consciously direct our attention, we plant seeds of intention, there's no fertile soil. So use your attention to go somewhere else than your mind. Go into yourself, go into your heart space, your hand, your feet, even paying attention to your feet for a couple of minutes and breathing deeply into your feet can actually get rid of a headache and can bring you to a place of groundedness. And the last one, Catherine, is trust yourself. You know, you know. We defer to other people's opinion and um, to other people's insights around where we should go, what we should do. The only way we can strengthen our intuition is to trust ourselves and to be okay to make mistakes. We will fail. That is actually part of the creative process. Creative um, creativity is the only thing that's real about us, and it needs it means we need to change and evolve. And for that. We have to fail. We have to, you know, uh, make mistakes. So when you trust yourself, you embark on a beautiful creative journey and you try something, you're like, oh, that didn't work. Great. I'm going to go this way. Oh, this is how it feels when I trust this part of my of my belly or of my heart. And then and then this is what happens. OK, I'm going to adjust and readjust. So the last one, trust yourself. You know, you deep down, you know. Mm, that's a big one. Trust is a big one, I think, for most of us when you say about trusting yourself. Yes, mm. absolutely. It really is. So, Anne, where's the best place to find you for our listeners? Yes, so my website is anneberube.com. So A-N-N-E-B-E-R-U-B-E.com. And I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter, and so I just love, love connecting with people on all those platforms. And for our listeners, highly recommend check out her book, Be, Feel, Think, Do. And also you were saying you've got some online courses available as well? I do. So I have the digital version of Be, Feel, Think, Do online. It's a four-week intensive course. It's kind of the digital version also of what I do in my in-person workshops. And so we go into the body and we connect with those conditioned beliefs that are not serving us anymore. And there's a lot of different guided meditations and exercises, contemplation, questions. Um, it's a pretty powerful course. So, Anne, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been an absolute honour. And as you're speaking, I'm reminding to myself to breathe because I'm a bit of a shallow breather. And it's it's true. It's 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 so important 
but we just take it for granted that we're doing it right when we're not really doing it right. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. And I've got a lot out of today's session. I've written lots of notes. So thank you so much for your time, your energy and your wisdom. Oh, Catherine, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you for finding me. (laughs) I'm so glad. Same. It's an honor. Thank you so very much. Have a good day. You too. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.